Customer experience. It's what sets some of the best companies apart from the rest, yet can often be hard to achieve. Tune in monthly as we uncover the secrets behind great customer experience. This is Experience Better, the CX Podcast. Hi, everyone. You're listening to Experience Better, the CX Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Thompson, Senior Partner Relationship Manager at Kubra. Renewable energy and sustainable practices have become key considerations for consumers who are becoming more aware of their energy consumption and how that impacts climate change. As consumers' needs, behaviors, and preferences change, utilities are responsible not only to meet these evolving needs, but also act as trusted advisor in enabling their customers to minimize their carbon footprint. Many customers are looking for ways to cut down on usage and transition to more sustainable energy sources, and they're looking to their utility provider for knowledge and guidance in this area. Due to these evolving needs, utilities need to focus on customers more than ever. On this episode, Francis Bradley, President and CEO of Electricity Canada, joins us to chat about energy transition and how that could affect the customer experience for the years to come. Francis, welcome to the show. Glad to have you here today. I'm delighted to be here, Scott. It's great to be on somebody else's podcast for a change. There you go. Good. <laughs> well, maybe we can turn about and I'll talk about something, um, you know, interesting like you're going to talk about today. So, yeah, welcome. We've got a lot to talk about. Want to get right into it as usual. Yep. Um, but before we get into a little bit about today's topic, why don't you tell us a little bit about Electricity Canada and what your goal is as an organization? Sure. Well, uh, Scott, we've been around since 1891. Uh, we uh, were formerly the uh, Canadian Electricity Association, and uh, where they were the national forum and the voice uh, of the evolving uh, electricity business uh, in Canada. Uh, we support our members principally through advocacy efforts, uh, and we focus on sort of regional, national, and and the international success of our members. So the members are uh, the 42 largest electricity companies. Uh, they're in every province and every territory. Uh, in addition to the companies that generate, transmit, distributed electricity to Canadians from coast to coast to coast, we also have uh, 87 uh, corporate partners who are the people who essentially manufacture uh, all of the, the goods and services that we use to deliver electricity to customers, uh, the consultants, the service providers. And, and what we do as a, as a trade association, our, 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 our mission really is to be that national voice for sustainable electricity uh, for our members, but also for the customers they serve as we move forward uh, towards a net zero future. Beautiful. Busy guy, obviously. So a lot on your plate. More and more customers want the energy that they consume to be cleaner and greener. And can you talk about how Canada's electricity sector is transitioning to a clean or cleaner electricity grid and, and, you know, the challenges that they face, because I'm sure they're numerous. Yeah. And, you know, you're right on the mark there, Scott, just in terms of what the, what the, uh, the expectations uh, of the customer are. Recent research that we've done shows that most uh, Canadians support electrification and they see the electricity industry uh, as uh, really at the forefront of this leading uh, the change uh, and, and leading the fight against climate change. And the interesting thing is they also want to see even faster action uh, on uh, the energy transition. So that, that's, that's what the customer expects. So, so where are we uh, sort of starting from? Well, in Canada, uh, we, we are in a very good position uh, right now. 
less than 20% of our, our electricity comes from fossil fuels. So more than 80% of our electricity is, is, uh, is non-emitting. Uh, and since 2014, we've been uh, you know, actively uh, uh, working towards uh, performance standards on natural gas-fired electricity generation. Uh, and as a sector, we've been, we've been moving forward with a, a phase-out of, of coal generation. So you know, our members right across the country have undertaken a lot of net zero initiatives. Uh, they've been uh, uh, you know, pursuing uh, projects in the last couple of years. And, and you know, anybody that's just interested in getting a sense of some of those projects, uh, they can see them on, uh, on our website under what we call the, the Center of Excellence that actually details specific projects that, uh, that specific uh, members have been undertaking to, uh, to try and address uh, the, the net zero challenge. But you know, we're living in a world, as, as you know, Scott, where governments have been making pretty significant commitments uh, with respect to our net zero future. Without question, yep. yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, you know, as an electricity sector, uh, we, we have a, a government that's committed to a, a net zero electricity grid by 2035 and a net zero uh, economy by 2050. And now that may, you know, sound like, well, that can't be too big a challenge. You're already at 82% non-emitting, but that last 18% is going to be a pretty significant, uh, a significant lift. Um, and the timelines are, are, are actually uh Pretty, uh, pretty enormous. E even though um, 2035 is, uh, you know, 12, 13 years away. Actually, it's 4,920 <laughs> days from right now gets us to the end of 2035. Sounds like a lot of time, but, you know, uh, like a major hydroelectric plant, that can take up to 25 years sure. to plan uh, to, to, uh, to get all of the approvals in place and, and to build. So, Getting from now to 2035 is actually not far away at all. It's like the day after tomorrow. Yeah, no kidding. It's that 80-20 rule and that last 20% is, right is the big lift and shift. Yeah. Um, so obviously a lot to do on behalf of the energy generation uh, organizations out there. How do you think the clean energy transition will impact the customer and the customer experience? Customers uh, have evolved in the last two years very dramatically to be very much on demand in just about Every, every way, shape, or form. Um, are there are there you know speed bumps in the road for for us people who are consuming energy at the household level? Well, you know, I, th I think what we're going to see uh, over time is we're going to see a pretty significant change in the in the overall relationship. Um, and uh, we're going to see the evolution of, of what a lot of people uh, are calling the, the prosumer. So, so even the nature of being a an electricity consumer itself is going to change. So, you know, if you project forward out to 2050, uh, how are we going to be able to uh, to to uh, produce and deliver the amount of electricity that's going to be required? And by some estimates, we're going to need two to three times more uh, electricity than we're, we're using today. And so, the only way we're going to be able to do that is by pursuing every single opportunity of non-emitting electricity. So, you know, from a, a generation standpoint, that means we're going to need more hydroelectric power. We're going to need more wind. We're going to need more solar. We're going to need, uh, you know, carbon capture and utilization. Uh, we're going to need probably small modular reactors. But from a customer standpoint, we're also going to need more distributed energy resources. Uh, so, you know, increasingly the customer is going to be part of that that energy uh, energy economy, not just as a consumer, but as a producer. Uh, you know, we, we will increasingly, between now and 2050, see uh, more and more customers having, for example, solar panels on their roof. 
more at a community level, um, uh, solar and wind and district heat. And so that's really going to change the nature of what is an electricity consumer and who is an electricity producer. Well, in some cases, that's going to be the customer as well. Yeah, I, I love that prosumer because uh, that's just that encompasses the future for all of us in, in doing our part to sort of uh, help get there. So obviously the revolutionizing the grid and, and power generation is one thing is obviously things that we can all do at a grassroots level. Um, you know, obviously conservation as we move forward, as we demand and demand more electricity, conserving what we do generate right now will obviously help. I would imagine energy efficiency is a key piece of decarbonizing the grid. So from what I understand, the cost of energy efficiency, retrofits and upgrades is a real concern for customers. Uh, so obviously doing our part to help reduce what we're consuming today is going to be a small piece to the puzzle moving forward. Yeah, that. you know, and it's a it's a really interesting calculus. Um, uh, yeah, we, we uh, energy efficiency, you know, demand side management have been uh, important. Uh, they've 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 certainly been critical uh, up until now. Uh, you know, for us to 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 achieve our, our objectives out to twenty fifty, uh, we absolutely need to, to to pursue all of those opportunities for greater efficiency. You know, you're just looking at at, at buildings and how much uh, energy buildings consume. I mean. Buildings today account for for 13 percent of Canada's greenhouse gas emissions. So, you know, uh, electricity companies uh, have for for years uh, been uh, been leading on energy efficiency and conservation programs, uh, and so you know been working with customers on on how to how to how to be more efficient, how to save uh, on their electricity bills uh, while uh, overall reducing emissions. But you know we're moving into an interesting future where we're not talking about reducing uh, the use of electricity. We're actually talking about it's pretty significantly increasing the use of electricity but that doesn't mean uh we would be using it any less efficiency efficiently in fact we we need to be using it more efficiently right but we do know we're going to be using a lot more of it for things that we haven't used electricity for to the same degree for transportation uh which uh, hardly anybody today uh uses electricity for for heating ventilation air conditioning only a small portion of customers um uh, for uh, you know industrial processes and so as we see that that significant build out uh, of uh, of electricity uh, and and the use of electricity, we need to also make sure that it's being done in in an efficient way as possible. And at the same time, we can't lose sight of those customers that are already uh, having challenges with respect to uh, to to being able to pay their bills. And and so they they will they have been and will continue to be a, a significant area of focus. Uh, the, you know the, the the folks that 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 do struggle with their expenses, expenses mm -hmm. writ large, not just energy yeah. expenses. Uh, and so that that needs to be a, something that we continue to be cognizant of and continue to focus on. So, you know, other than sort of the the consumers at home, that, and I talked about the want or desire to do our part to turn off lights and conserve electricity, are there any barriers to energy efficiency maybe outside of that, you know, government regulational that the utilities face? Um, yeah, Scott. I I think probably the the the, the one that that I, I think uh, I would suggest we 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 maybe pursue a little bit is uh, in fact the barrier that that some customers will face, and that's the one all, all about cost because um, you know none of this is of course is going to be free. That's just the reality, and there will be some significant upfront costs to make some of these uh, to make some of these investments. So you know when when looking at the challenge of how fast we decarbonize our economy, um, you know we need to be thinking, for example, of um, 
um, you know, the, the, the younger generations uh, that, that may be uh, already burdened with, uh, with debt post-COVID. Um, now we've got inflationary pressures that are, that are uh, adding to that. And now on top of that, we're going to be asking, you know, asking people to, to potentially make some, some significant investments uh, in terms of uh, being able to uh, reduce emissions, to increase electrification, you know, things like uh, new electric vehicles. And I don't know if you've been shopping for one of those. <laughs> there, there are some awesome vehicles out they, there. There are many, and they're and the average yeah. cost, the average cost of an electric vehicle is significantly more than 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 a than a internal uh, combustion engine. Um, you know, so so uh, whether it's electric vehicles or it's heat pumps or or it's uh, you know new new uh, new systems for for producing producing electricity on the side of the consumer, there are costs involved, and not everybody across uh, across the economy is. Uh, is equally uh, um, uh, able to uh, to absorb those costs. So we need to be very cognizant that that uh, people at the lower end of the socioeconomic uh, curve, um, younger people, uh, uh, may have a harder time uh, absorbing these costs. And so you know we've 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 seen programs in the past uh, that have come from governments, from agencies, from electricity companies. Uh, I think we're, we're going to need to continue to look at how you know we make these investments and help customers make these investments into technologies like heat pumps and solar panels that over time are going to going to result in significant savings on uh, on energy bills for customers but they will have an impact in terms of upfront costs sure. and so you know and, and we're already seeing we're already seeing that even amongst some of our members we're seeing some of our members that are, that are very aggressive in terms of, of helping customers invest in heat pumps with doing things like you know on bill financing options for uh, both residential and even for commercial customers and so you know that's helping the customers with the initial uh, capital outlay it's helping reduce emissions um, and it's something that 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 while somebody who is very well off may find easy to do um, the average person may find it a little more more difficult to be able to come up with those upfront costs so what we can do to help them uh, in fact helps us uh, helps us all overall what other types of initiatives are electricity Canada members undertaking to maintain a positive relationship with the customer during this transition? Because you did talk about a number of de demographics mm -hmm. and, you know, younger people and, and older people and all in between and generations seem to be getting condensed and squished yeah. more and more. And there's more generations out there that need to be appeased and understood and, and have be spoken to in a voice that they understand and can identify with which is a kind of a challenge these oh days. yeah absolutely and and you know to our to our earlier point also recognize that that that, that there is poverty there is poverty uh, that exists uh, in society and we need to be cognizant of that and we need to to address the issues uh, surrounding poverty and recognize that, that there are customers uh, that are that are in those sorts of situations that, that need assistance but you know in terms of in terms of uh, initiatives you know, through electricity Canada's customer councils we bring together the members so that they can work together Together. Uh, what they do there is they, they share best practices to try and figure out what works best for customers and how can they improve the customer experience. So, you know, some of the things, uh, examples of, of, of these sorts of uh, uh, conversations about improving that overall customer experience are, are things like streamlining the processes to and creating efficiencies to minimize the, the costs specific to customers. You know, members are discussing things like moving away from outsourcing, especially around you know the contact center, not only to create 
create a better contact center experience, but also to create a more stable uh, resourcing environment uh, due to the, let's face it, we've got current human resource issues and, and we've got constraints. We're working towards uh, you know, a seamless customer experience through web chats. We're using uh, increasingly artificial intelligence. Mobile apps increasingly are there to, to, to help uh, with, with uh, uh, communicating with customers, uh, communicating about outages, to provide payment options. And let me drill down on one example. You know, some some uh, companies now are achieving, get this, a 60% e-billing rate. That's amazing. It, it really is. But, you know, yeah, it is. what that actually results in uh, is, you know, it, it equates to a roughly $12 to, to $14 per person per year. So, so you know, it may not sound like a lot, $12 to $14 per person per year, but, you know, this adds up across thousands uh, of customers uh, and millions of people. So in addition to the environmental savings, which are not uh, inconsequential when we're talking about uh, saving money, we're talking about saving, uh, you know, uh, uh, printing, we're talking about saving, you know, mailing and shipping and so on. Um, but we're also talking about, uh, in the end, saving saving money for the customer. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a number of things that you mentioned there that, you know, you talk about sort of, I guess, the overall digitization of, of, all of these sort of processes and communications and, and leveraging technology that the younger demographics um, identify with. You know, you mentioned chatbots and web chat and things yep. like that. And that's something that speaks to them and their language and, and how they operate. I'm very aware that you have a customer council. And, and, and what I did want to find out a little bit about, and I've never asked you before, is, is a little bit more about what the council focuses on and, and how can Canadian electric companies get involved. Yeah. So, so uh, our customer council, um, uh, and, and you know, under under the Electricity Canada umbrella, we have a council for people in the generation business, the transmission, the distribution, uh, and customers. So, our customer council is made up of the, the, the VPs and, and directors. They represent the customer care and the customer experience uh, from uh, from all of our our member companies. And so, the council focuses on issues of strategic importance when it comes to uh, value to the customer. Uh, so the, the council uh, conducts research, uh, it tracks uh, public attitudes, it looks at energy efficiency, uh, it looks at conservation, uh, and, it, and it does a lot of the, you know, the best practices uh, and sharing of those best practices so that learnings about how to improve the customer experience uh, from one jurisdiction is shared with, uh, with other jurisdictions as well. Uh, and even under that, we've got a, a, number of, uh, a number of working groups under the council. They tackle some of those more operational issues. And so it can be anything from, um, you know, contact centers and, and, uh, and best practices in that area to key accounts to just overall, how do you, how do you uh, uh, achieve process improvements when, uh, when working, uh, working with customers? But in the end, uh, the customer is the primary focus right. uh, of the of the sector, uh, and so uh, you know the customer council uh, tends to be sort of that 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 the sharp edge of our business that comes in contact with the customer, uh, and so it it's a really interesting place for the kinds of conversations that have been have been taking place, uh, and it's also a very interesting group to listen to their views and their vision of what that customer uh, relationship is going to look like. Uh, in in the years ahead, you know, when I talked earlier about that that change from the customer from a, a consumer to a prosumer, I mean that sounds that sounds you know kind of new and different. Man, the customer council was talking about this a dozen years ago. Yeah, right. right? And so I was just going to say, I'm sure yeah. there's some some really cool stuff you've been talking about over the last 24 months as as the world changed that yep. uh, are really some you know 
eye-opening topics because uh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So Francis here, we are sort of running out of time. And, and my last question to you is something that I like to ask all of our guests, uh, you know, as a user experience podcast, and we talk a lot about the customer, we just finished off with the customer, which is great. Can you tell us about a time when you had an incredible customer experience? Well, um, you know, a lot of people have been talking about the, the challenges and the difficulties of travel lately. Um, you know, the, the media has been filled with stories of, of, oh, of yeah. the disasters in some of the oh, airports. Yeah. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, uh, I was slated to go and speak at a, a First Nation Power Authority uh, uh, conference south of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. And I was due to fly out on Sunday morning. Uh, and so Saturday night, as I'm sitting down to dinner with my family, uh, the phone rings, uh, and uh, it is the airline that is calling me. Uh, and and now I, I recognize it's because I'm a frequent traveler. So you know I'm you know I'm, I'm, sure I'm, you have I'm, status I'm, is what you're I, saying. I do have a status, <laughs> but you know a status uh, does have it, it, its privileges. They phoned me uh, 14 hours before my flight was due to leave to let me know that they were expecting that my uh, my connection between one flight to the next just might be too tight and offer to rebook me on an earlier flight so that the connection could be made. What they And, and, and first off, I said yes. Um, and second, they were right, because had I stayed on the original flight, I never would have made it to Saskatoon uh, because one of my colleagues uh, actually got stranded. And so not only did I, did I, did I make it uh, and, and get to participate in the conference, but you know they anticipated what my needs were. Right. Which yes, is, you said it right there. Yeah. And so and so even before I knew that I had this need, uh, they had anticipated not only did they call me and say, you have a need, but they called and said, we have a solution. And so not only did they present me with the problem that they had anticipated, they called me because they had a solution. Now, and now, as you say, it's because of, as, as a frequent traveler, that, that there was a certain doesn't status matter. involved. It, it yes. doesn't matter. Um, no. You know, I, it, the, the call out in this case is to, to, to Air Canada and their aeroplane, aeroplane program. They called me 14 hours before. Uh, they called with a solution and the solution worked in such a way that, as I say, one of my colleagues that would have been on the original connection never made it to Saskatoon. Yeah. Well, they call it status for a reason because you've earned that. Obviously, anyone who does a lot of air travel knows that there there is good days and bad days in terms of air <laughs> there travel. Are indeed. So uh, enjoy that status, my friend. You have earned it, Francis. I wanted to thank you so much for your time today. Um, you know, right off the top, I, I knew that you know we probably have three or four worth of podcast episodes here if we just wanted to pick your brain <laughs> on any one of the questions that we asked you today. So I, I really wanted to thank you for your time. It, it means a lot to us. Um, and uh, hope to have you back here sometime soon. That would be wonderful. Spectacular. It's a delight to talk to you. And as I, as I said, usually I'm, I'm the shoes on the other foot because I, I've, I've had a podcast for a number of years about the future of the electricity business called the Flux Capacitor. Um, uh, but uh, it's a delight to actually be a guest on somebody else's There you uh, go, podcast. Flux Capacitor for those Back to the Future fans. Right on. Who, yeah, I'm going to go check that out. Francis, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Cheers. Take care. That's all for Experience Better, the CX podcast. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send us your questions and continue the conversation with us on Twitter or Facebook at KubraWay. That's K-U-B-R-A-W-A-Y or on LinkedIn at Kubra. Thank you, everyone.